Hello and welcome to the Good Robot Andes, Season 3, Episode 20. When will it end? When will Season 3 end? <laughs> when will Season 3 end? ending season. Surely we need, a, we need a cliffhanger or something. I brought you some yellow sherbet. Yellow, orange. Orange. Sherbet. <laughs> <laughs> also, could you do a proper impression? <laughs> I brought you orange sherbet. That's better. That's better. Uh, the film that we're talking... No, no, that's not it. Uh, my name is Andy. <laughs> well, you did one two weeks ago. Come on. My name... Yeah, we didn't do that one very well. Either. My name is Andy Balaam, and this is... Andy Cockerell. Um, and tonight we're going to talk about a film which is called... Mute. And I have to guess the plot of the film. i give you a short review based on the name. I think that it is a rollicking Disney adventure about a mouse that can't speak and then at the end of the uh a little baby mouse and then at the end of the film uh the baby mouse stops being shy and starts speaking is that right uh-huh. okay so that's interesting it's not a rollicking disney adventure <laughs> um one day we will actually get to something that we. is a rollicking disney adventure <laughs> yeah. but in this case it's not. However, the central character of the film is mute, can't speak. How did I get that? Just from the title. Okay, so uh, yes, the central character cannot speak uh, due to an accident mm-hmm. that he had when he was a child. Okay. But, uh, massive spoiler, at the end of the film, he, oh. he does speak. Really? Yes. Because oh, I was thinking that would be so uh, corny and wrong. Yeah. Okay. They wouldn't do that in a real. Film. So I'll go into I'll go into how that happens as we talk about. Yeah, that, you'll have to convince me that that's okay. And it's not. It's so. By the way, yeah. listener, um, there will be spoilers in this podcast. Oh, We've already ruined the film for you. We, there will be many, many spoilers. It's um, what it's all about, listener. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Um, we should probably say hello to to our listener. Okay. I may miss some people off. Um, who, Arnold Schwarzenegger, I think he listens. Arnold, uh, hi Arnie, how are you doing? Sorry about the bad impressions, don't come and kill us. Um, I think it's probably, it's probably not the first time someone's done an impression of him. <laughs> probably not. Um, so we're going to say hello to Danny. Say hello hi, Danny. to Scott. Hello to Hayley. Hi, Scott. Hello hi, to Kathy. Hello Kathy. Um... Oh, hello to Simon. Hello, Simon. Yeah, I think that's it. Those are people who have actually said that they listen. As ever, listener, if you want to shout out, you need to get in touch via mm-hmm. some kind of medium and say, hey, mm-hmm. I'm listening. Um, yeah. So, yeah. You could you could tweet us. You could, I know that the young people like to do that. These Not that any of the young people are listening, probably. Do, do young people use Twitter? Do young people use any what? kind of social media these days, or are they just they do? They use social it? media we haven't heard of, right? Okay, yeah. Um, so you can also contact us or or me on the book of face. Uh, you mean the fleece book? The, the fleece book? The, the 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 yeah that thing? Or the snap numpty? The snap? I'm not on snap numpty. Nor am I. <laughs> Uh, and the, or the the Insta What's it? Um, I'm not on Insta What's it either. I'm only on no, the I think the tweeters and the Book of Face. 
Right, I'm on the Mastodon as well. Oh, you are Mastodon. Or Masto, I think. The Masto I think Don. what the young people call it is Masto. Do they? Yeah. Because In common speech. Because two yeah. syllables is just too much. In fact... Masto is two syllables. Oh, sorry. So three syllables is too much. <laughs> two, two syllables is just right. Is it, though? <laughs> they could just call it Mass. Or Mast. Yeah. Mast. <laughs> mast. Yeah. I'll see you on the mast. What, you mean the actual mast, or...? <laughs> if you're a seafaring type yeah, um, yeah so yes that that's our greetings and our and our <laughs> that was good I think that bit went well it, I think it went well yeah it was less <laughs> symbolic than usual <laughs> so shall I do a little uh, summing up of what mute is all about yeah go on why don't, why don't you tell us a bit about this film okay which is why we're here uh, it's a 2018 so it's brand new uh-huh. Science fiction mystery film, okay. which is quite a mashup. Okay. Directed by Duncan Jones. Know him? Who? No. Okay. Who co-wrote the script with Michael Robert Johnson? Where would I know Duncan Jones from? Duncan Jones. Duncan it? Jones made a film called Moon, quite a few oh, years Moon. ago. Oh, Moon! I love Moon. You've seen Moon? I love Moon. Yeah. He also made a film called Moon. Source Code. Which I also loved. Uh, which is fantastic. In fact, maybe we should have a Duncan Jones retrospective at some point. His most recent film, before this one, was a movie called Warcraft. Which, oh, right. which is an which adaptation seen. of the video game. Yeah. Which Always a good plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, I was dubious. Um, it did very badly in the United States, but did very well globally. Uh, okay. so well that they could make a sequel if they wanted to. I don't know if they will or not, but I was dubious about Warcraft, um, but based on the trailers, which I thought were dreadful. But mm-hmm. when Mark Kermode reviewed it, he said he really enjoyed it. So I sat down to watch it with, with my son, and we really enjoyed it too. It, it, okay. um, Duncan Jones has brought you know his own sensibility to it. He's tried to sort of not make it a kind of cookie cutter corporate cash in mm-hmm. and bring something interesting to it. And I think that he did actually manage that. So that's Warcraft. Hmm. But this is Mute. Mm-hmm. And it was released Mute was released in common with another film that was released today called Annihilation, directed by Alex Garland, but that's another story. Uh, Mute was released exclusively. Alex Garland, the writer of The Beach. Indeed, yes, the very same. Um, now he's directing films. He is. He's, uh, it's Alex Garland's second movie. He hmm. made one a couple of years ago called Ex Machina, which is, which mm-hmm. is very good. Yeah. Uh, but Mute was released exclusively I thought it was okay. to Netflix. Okay. Um, only at the moment. Okay, but you watched it anyway. Yeah. Because I've got Netflix, so um, so it's been described by Duncan Jones as a spiritual sequel to his 2009 film. Can you believe that was 2009? Moon. Yeah, because I still basically think it is 2009. <laughs> okay. And it was released on Netflix on February the 23rd this year. I have I have trouble with Moon because I have to say Moon. 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 Other than that, I really liked it. Yeah, it's good. Okay, so does that mean it's slow, atmospheric, strange, and a bit ominous? Yeah. 
Okay. Definitely. And and very edgy as well. Mm-hmm. And quite mm-hmm. meta. But I'll go into the, the way that it's meta in okay. a moment. Um, it has received negative reviews with praise for the visuals, but criticism for its pacing, plot, and mishandled subject material. Because it's too slow. And it's yeah. And people... Not sensitive to mute people. Yes. No, no, no I think it is. And... It drew unfavourable comparisons to Blade Runner from many critics. Um, Okay. I think... Okay, so let's talk about those for a moment. The the comparisons to Blade Runner are purely in the fact that it seems to be a dystopian future. There are flying Mm -hmm. vehicles. Mm -hmm. And that's about it. It's not... It's slow-paced. It's slow-paced... It's a, it's a bit obtuse. It features some unsympathetic characters, mm-hmm. and like all films, but it's not set in Los Angeles. It's set in Berlin. Mute. Okay. So it's not set on the moon. No, it's not set on the moon. Moon. So let, let's okay. let's look at the plot. Should we talk about the plot? So uh, the the main character is called Leo, and he is played by Alexander Skarsgård who is one of many Skarsgård siblings or sons of actor Stellan Skarsgård, who's a favourite of mine. Okay, I thought I, had, I, thought I knew the name. Yeah. Um, so Alexander Skarsgård was in, I think, a show that you've seen called Generation Kill. Oh, yeah. Which was amazing but bleak. Oh. HBO. Yeah, have you seen it? Yes, brilliant. But bleak. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's awful. Yeah. Um, so he played the main, one of the main uh, Marines in that. Right. Um, yeah, that really left me, that strongly affected me. Yeah. I now basically think that that's exactly what war is well, like. Well, I'm sure that it, I'm sure that with David Simon behind it, I'm pretty sure that the invasion of Iraq was like that. I remember really vividly, I think it's the opening scene, mm. where they've received a letter from... A school child. Yeah. And it says, like, we're praying for you or something. And then it says, I hope you don't have to kill anyone. Yes. And this kid, because he is like a teenager, mm. says, I want to kill, you know, it's like better than I can say. It. I want to kill people. I'm a killing machine and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. No. What, I, what no. I really loved about this, let's just digress briefly into Generation okay. Kill because it was so good. What I really found chilling about it is that the further they get into Iraq, the more they realise that the regular army have all just disappeared. Mm. They've Yeah, I mean the mismanagement of the war. Yeah. yeah. And that the people who are attacking them are not actually from Iraq. Most of them are for, from other countries and they're just terrorists who are there to mess them up. And they're not even wearing uniforms. You know, they're just dressed like civilians. So they 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 slowly come to the realization that their their role is going to be very difficult indeed, and uh, it's you know it's like a situation that you just cannot win mm. because the stuff that sticks with me yeah. is like generally the battle scenes, the confusion mm. and um, and fear and panic, and uh, the bit where they they've been told they have. They can shoot anything that moves, and so yep. one of them shoots a kid. It's pretty bleak, isn't it? 
And then they won't even take the kid into the hospital to try and save his life. Yeah. It's stuff like it's that. the bleakest of bleak scenarios. Uh, it also so features a, a cameo from one of the actors who was in Wayne's World. I know we were talking about Wayne's World, I think, on the last podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the one of Wayne's uh, studio guys, one of the one of his buddies. No way, way. The guy who says, "I love you, man." <laughs> he yeah. is the journalist in Generation Kill. Okay. And every time he was on the screen, I just because that character's <laughs> so good, I just associated with him with with saying, "I love you, man." And. Uh, Oh, I'm just remembering that series. Oh, yeah. So oh, anyway, so that's that's a huge digression. Sorry, uh, Skarsgård. I mean, play listener. If you yeah. if you want, if you like the sound of that, then with be warned. But you know, you you might want to watch that. It's really really good. But it's very bleak. Yeah. It's called Generation Kill. It was an HBO show from about 2008, I think. It has one series. Yeah, one short series. And it ends just in the middle, basically. Yeah. 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 Um, so Alexander Skarsgård was in that. He's in this. His name is Leo. He is an Amish man living in Germany, as there are mm-hmm. many other Amish people who have sort of returned to Germany from the United States. Um, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So so th- this is obviously fiction, but the Amish were originally from from Germany. They left because okay. they couldn't practice their religion freely. Um, and uh, now in this future world, uh, people from around the world who are, who are sort of practicing, um, you know, who originally came from Germany are being asked to return. So, uh, so, and he is the son, he is an Amish, and we see a little preamble at the beginning where he has the accident <coughs> and his mother refuses to let him have surgery to right. uh, fix his vocal cords and as a result he cannot speak mm-hmm. so he communicates uh, with a bit of sign language and people writing notes for him to read uh, so in this future world uh, a lot of the tech is voice activated mm-hmm. which is of course a problem for him because he can't speak mm-hmm. so he has to try and use a uh, a physical interface and those interfaces are surprisingly clunky because everything's mm-hmm. voice activated right. um, and he has to try and get by with that he's having a relationship with a young woman who um, works in a bar that uh, where some quite shady people hang out uh, and amongst those shady people are a couple of characters who are loosely based on uh, two characters from Robert Altman's movie, MASH, which I don't know if, you, okay. if you've seen. Yeah, I love it. Um, okay, so there's um, there's uh, two characters in that. In fact, there's more than two, but the two the two main characters who who also found their way to the TV series are Hawkeye mm-hmm. and Trapper John. Mm-hmm. So they're the sort of the two so main... So Hawkeye's in- one of the main... Oh, are they both, are they both the main? Yeah, okay. the, the two main instigators okay. of the chaos in the camp, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. They're both surgeons, and they're both kind of edgy characters. Mm-hmm. So what, what Duncan Jones has done here, and I've, I've heard him talking about this in interviews, is that he said that, you know, when you watch MASH, um, Pierce and Trapper 
are frequently or maybe always the smartest guys in the room mm-hmm. but they're kind of you think that it wouldn't take very much for them to be quite edgy and do stuff that's quite dark and disturbing given the opportunity mm-hmm. so he's taken those two characters they call something different in mute but they are clearly those two characters and okay. he's placed them in Berlin. They're, they're both Americans in Berlin. And they're trying desperately tr- to get out of Berlin for some reason. Mm-hmm. And they fall in with some Russian gangsters to try and get some fake IDs so they can leave. One of them has a young daughter. So Trapper has a young daughter. Uh, who's, Trapper is played in, by Paul Rudd. And Hawkeye is played by Justin Theroux. And okay, and the daughter's in Berlin. The daughter's also in Berlin, yeah. Okay, so they're all they're all living in Berlin, and mm-hmm. Alexander Skarsgård meets these people. Uh, they're sort of hanging around at the bar where his girlfriend works, and then one day his girlfriend gets involved. You know, sort of uh, some of the local gangsters make unwelcome advances towards her, shall we say? Mm-hmm. And Skarsgård, who's quite a big guy steps in to try and save her and mm-hmm. um although he does quite well that doesn't go down very well with the gangster types mm-hmm. and very soon after that his girlfriend disappears uh so he spends the rest of the movie trying to find out where she's gone and following a okay. breadcrumb of clues mm-hmm. to try and figure out what's happened and it turns out that she has lots of information about um a sort of child smuggling ring that's going on. And she has come into contact with Trapper John and Hawkeye character. That's not what they're called. I'll find out what they're actually called in a moment. <laughs> and um, oh, Cactus Bill and Duck is what they're called. Okay. They are surgeons. <laughs> and uh, a little bit of their backstory is that they work for the Russian gangsters and they do mm-hmm. surgery on people to get them to talk so it's not it's okay, not nice. nice it's not nice because they're kind of desperate and they're doing that i think i think they're living in berlin illegally and they don't really want to get thrown out they want to they want to leave they want to get out of there so that's why they're doing mm-hmm. this work for the russians so they can get their ids and that kind of thing okay um so paul rudd plays trap um cactus bill and duck mm-hmm. is played by justin through um so Skarsgård you know sort of travels through Berlin he's mute he can't speak so he has to communicate with his body and you know try and get ideas across by writing them down and and that kind of thing and you know he's a terrific physical actor mm-hmm. and he's a he's a big guy and he's definitely in shape so people initially um are kind of wary of him, but then they, when they realise that he's kind of desperate and needs something, then they kind of warm to him a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, one of the, but one of these, one of uh, Cactus Bill and Duck, I think it's Duck, played by uh, Justin Theroux. Uh, Ham, he is a, uh, he has unnatural desires, shall we say towards Cactus Mm -hmm. Bill's daughter Mm -hmm. Um, and that stuff plays out in a very dark disturbing way Uh, but 
Luckily, uh, Leo steps in to save the day. And um, that's when he uh, his vocal cords get fixed. So Duck performs surgery. By on, magic. Duck performs some surgery on him to, oh, to I fix see. his vocal cords. Not by magic. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then he can actually speak. And so he saves the day. He saves the girl. Doesn't d- doesn't manage to save Cactus Bill, who dies a pretty grisly death. Mm-hmm. And um, is that the bad guy? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, that is that's kind of the movie, actually. Yeah, it's. Um, what language are they speaking? It's all in English, I think. Any okay. Subtitles? Yeah, there might be some time. Let me just check. No, it's all in English. Yeah, so everybody speaks English. Some people in okay. accents, some people not. Uh, who else? I'm trying to think who else is in it. Noel Clark is in it, who was in Doctor Who, and is all, he's also a film director. He played Mickey in Doctor Who. Mm, uh, who's Mickey? He's, he was Rose's... Was he one of the boyfriends? Yeah, one of the Rose's boyfriends, or maybe the okay, boyfriend. Okay, yeah, yeah, I remember him. Uh, so he's in it as a London gangstery type. Mm-hmm. Plays it very well indeed. Um... So, I've seen this, obviously. Uh, I watched it the Mm -hmm. day it came out. I was really excited to watch it. And I really, really enjoyed it. I think that uh, it may, you know, to some people's eyes, I think it may well be derivative. But it's really interesting and very edgy. It goes to some really dark places. Is it a spiritual successor to Moon, or did he just say that to sell a few more copies? Well, it's set in the same universe, or the same world as Moon, in that we see uh, the same sort of brands that exist in Moon in Berlin. Okay. Um, I'm not really sure that it is. I, th- I, you know, I think if he hadn't said that, I don't think I, w- I would have noticed it. Mm-hmm. There's nothing mm-hmm. particularly overt about that. So the themes. What are the themes in, of Moon? Moon was well, identity. Listen, we might spoil. We might spoil Moon at this point. Listen, okay. So, so the themes of Moon are identity and uh, individualism. So he's right, a clone, isn't it's he? Not, yeah. There are many, many of yeah. him. It's not really. It's not really him. So it's kind of like the themes of Blade Runner, at least in my head. What Moon? Yeah. 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 Um, Whereas the themes of Mute. The themes of Mute are sort of alienation and um, desperation. Alienation and Mm -hmm. desperation in the face of pretty hefty odds that you're going to get out of it alive. But yeah, it's definitely a mystery film, a sort of detective movie. A detective movie... I mean, it sounds a bit like it it also covers, like, disability... Yeah. And the the role of technology and accessible technology. Yeah, definitely. So you know, the, the main the main guy, the, the mute guy, doesn't actually find that the technology helps him out very much at all. Yeah, it kind of makes it harder. Yes, for him. because everything is is voice driven. So there's actually some, some quite nice touches when, <coughs> excuse me, he walks up to <coughs> like an entry camera. And holds up a note. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And a voice comes through it saying, no, she's not here. So he writes another one and holds it up to the camera. 
Um, so th those are some nice touches um, in terms of how you know people who can speak just deal with those situations without even thinking about them. Mm. He has to sort of work around it and hope that the people mm. on the other end of the camera understand that he can't speak. Mm. Um, so uh, yeah, it's good. I really liked it. It's uh, I can see why some people might take against it, but. I've seen some really nasty vitriolic reviews of this film. That I, Is it the sort of grisliness of it? I, yeah, maybe. It might be the edginess that turns people off. But, you know, I, I read one reviewer, I can't remember who it was, who basically trashed Duncan Jones's career from day one and essentially said, I never really liked him in the first place. What, with Moon and Source Code? And, and, and Warcraft. Yeah, sort Warcraft. of saying, yeah, Moon was okay, Source Code was derivative, Warcraft was rubbish, this is awful. Um, none of which is true, really. And hmm. I've just seen some really horrible, vindictive stuff about it. But it, the thing with Mute is that it's edgy and dark and slow-moving and ambiguous. It features some characters in it who are, you know... Um, Duck is uh, has unnatural desires that you know Jones doesn't make any bones about. You know he's, he places them front and center for the character. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the the other guy, what's his name, Cactus Dude, Cactus Bill is you know is quite violent and has a volatile temper. And that mm -hmm. pairing on screen is just I can see why that would be a turn off for people, but I found them to be kind of. Magnetic in a horrible way. Was it? Um, do you think it might have offended people that they were clearly based on characters they loved? Well, maybe, but I, I thought it was really interesting to take those two characters and put them in a situation that you could quite easily see happening. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, well, well, maybe they were offended by that, but you know, so what? <laughs> I don't really care. So what what did you like about it? I mean, you like the fact that it kind of pushes the boundaries. Yeah, sounds like. I liked the fact. I think when I when I talked about it on my radio show, I said that I really like it when filmmakers swing for the fences, um, mm -hmm. even if it doesn't always pay off. You can mm -hmm. see that they're trying. You can see that like they're, they're pushing the for, they're pushing the medium. Mm -hmm. um, you know, rather like than just making a cookie cutter sci-fi movie, which is easy. Mm -hmm. I think with this, uh, Duncan Jones has really, you know, sort of is, is pushing the the limit of sci-fi. You know, is is you know taking it somewhere somewhere interesting, mm -hmm. and that's to be applauded for me. Yeah, I like. I certainly like a sci-fi film that is that has a load of sci-fi stuff, but it's the setting for. An actual story. Yeah, and that's important because the tech, there is a there is quite a lot of tech in this film, but that's not what it's about. It's it's a story of humanity and you know, someone with someone with a disability, trying to make it through one night without getting killed or imprisoned or, you know, uh, all of these things. Doesn't it, mm -hmm. it has a kind of a happy ending, but it does go to some really dark, disturbing places. It features a use of. Um, a version of Nirvana's heart-shaped box, mm -hmm. which in itself is quite a disturbing, dark song. 
I like that. It's song. a great song. I agree. Yeah, it's a yeah. really great song. I mean, In Utero is a really underrated album. I think it is. Yeah, it's the only thing I still listen to. Is it? You, yeah. By them, I mean obviously I do listen to other things. I like uh, the opening track on that album is one of the best opening tracks of any any record. Yeah. It's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, it's still good. Though. Yeah, I listened to it a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, it's good. So, so uh, yeah, so what was I saying? Yeah, so, so there's a, a version of Heart Shaped Box, which is a, a children's lullaby version. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's played at a time in the film when there's something very dark and disturbing happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, you just, you can't take your eyes off the screen, but at the same time, you really want to take your eyes off the screen. Okay. But it's just perfectly timed in a really dark, disturbing way. <coughs> <laughs> So I'm getting that you like it because it's dark and disturbing. Yeah, I like it because it's dark and disturbing. I like it because it's it's pushing the boundaries of sci-fi. It's got a fantastic ensemble cast. It looks great. Um, and uh, you know, I think Duncan Jones is hugely talented. And so uh, we should try and get him on this podcast if we can. Okay. I think so you're... mother pushes the boundaries of cinema oh as well, hugely it? yeah mother mother hugely yeah I think um, I, it's mother is one of those things that just keeps coming back to me visually <laughs> because it's so striking so striking I might watch it again yeah love to watch it again I'm, I'm going to watch Blade Runner again I haven't watched Blade Runner what yet. the new one yeah, I mean, I've watched it once, but I have, I've got it on Blu-ray. I haven't watched it Yeah, again. I must watch that again. Uh, I was happy to see that Roger Deakins won Best Cinematography at the uh, Academy mm. Awards. Is that his first? That's his first after more than 20 nominations. Wow. Um, which is, I mean, incredible. The other thing I've now got sitting above my... TV waiting for me to watch is The Death of Starling. Ah, now, yes, I'm going to start watching that this evening, I think, after this. And then Mm. watch the rest tomorrow evening. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm hoping it's going to be great. I think it will be. It's got Jason Isaacs in, so it should be. Hello to Jason. Okay, so, hello, Jason. (laughs) So, um, uh, I need to think about the question. Yes. So, you've told me about various ways in which it's horrible. Yeah. And you clearly think that it's kind of earned the right to be there. I think so. So, do, does a film have to be important or useful to be able to earn the right to be horrible? Does it have to be... You, see, you said like you just like the horribleness of it for itself. Yeah. Okay, so... <clears throat> no, I don't think a film does have to be, you know, horrible and edgy. Um to sort of earn that place I think that no, but does it have to earn does it have to earn the right to be horrible by also being something else oh I see uh, does it have to earn the right to be horrible yeah I think it does actually I think that there has to be something else there other than it just being edgy for it to work okay yeah so what is there that's the question okay. there you go okay what is there? It's a okay. So what is there is a really strong tale of of humanity 
So uh, the central character of Leo, played by Skarsgård, is a mute man. Uh, and he is the most thoroughly human member of the cast. The, char- mm-hmm. uh, the most thoroughly human character in the film. Mm-hmm. And it's a, t- it's a tale of him trying to hold on to his humanity in the face of overwhelming um, debauchery. That's that's what it's all about, and that that's the mm-hmm. message there is that, uh, yeah, there's horrible stuff going on. But <clears throat> if you remain true to your values and your you know your core beliefs, you can get through life and uh, suffer suffer some adversity, and everything will be okay. Is it is it a horror film? Because um, the morals sound like a horror film. Yes, I, yes, I'd I'd say that it is, although. I'd say that it's not overtly a horror film, but certainly later on in the mm-hmm. film it does have horrific elements. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. But, it's, but the whole that whole thing of um, the bad guys get their comeuppance and you um, basically survive by being a, a good guy. Uh, yeah, that's a horror film. Yeah, thing. definitely. Yeah, so the bad guys do get their comeuppance, although Cactus Bill does get killed. But I wouldn't say that he's the worst of the two. Mm-hmm. I think Duck Duck does get his comeuppance in quite an inventive way <laughs> uh, that I won't go into. I don't want to talk about that actually because it's. Uh, I want to leave something for our viewer. Um, okay. But he does get dealt with in quite an inventive way. That's actually quite pleasing because he's a scumbag. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's it's a story of humanity under pressure, which you know, if you are a human listening to this podcast, and hopefully you are not a robot, then uh, you'll know full well that there's a lot of pressure on people these days to uh, re- remain true to their core values in in the face of provocation. You just have to go on Twitter for five minutes to see that. Do you think there are robots listening to this podcast trying to uh, index yeah, it? Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's most of our downloads is uh, Google's AI trying to figure out what yeah. we are. Trying to understand English accents and failing. <laughs> and failing. Yes, probably because we, we put in too many Arnie uh, quotes. Yeah, so they, uh... that's throwing it off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why we do yeah, it. Yeah, that's why we do it, to throw off the AI. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so cool. yeah, that's mu- well, that's mute. I, I like a sci-fi. Yeah, it sounds a bit gratuitous though. So I, I some don't of know. it is, yeah. It's some of it's quite lurid. Yeah, but I was. I'm not sure you've convinced I, me that it's earned the right. To I was gripped. That. Right. Yeah. Very much so. I'm reading. I'm reading a book called The Wind Up Girl. Okay. It's a science fiction book. By? Who's it by? Uh, by uh, Paolo Bacigalucci or something okay. like that. Um, I'm not sure... I'm not sure about some things about right. it. It also it includes some violence against a woman that I think... Uh, I don't think... That, I didn't think it was needed. <laughs> so that caused some trouble for me. And also I find it, I'm finding it a bit boring oh but i'm still reading i'm past halfway now 
Um, and it's set in a... Uh, it's a sci-fi book. It's set in the... In a... Uh, it's like a post-environmental collapse world. Oh, okay. So, uh, what's that? a bit like The Road? Yeah, not as bad as The Road. So, there's a, there's a quite... There's still a, quite a high population. Like, okay. I get the impression it's quite a lot lower than the world's population is now, but there are cities and stuff like okay, that. Okay, so there is some infrastructure left. So it's not a wasteland. Nope. But there's yeah. basically no oil. Ah, no, that's and interesting. There's a, yeah. There's a tiny bit of coal. Right, so there's nothing to make fuel with. In the- but the kind of... Um, the kind of... The central sci-fi idea in it is that everything is clockwork really so they 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 the main characters work in a factory that it that makes essentially like wound up springs that are used as batteries oh that's interesting that, that power so kind of um sort of trevor bayliss clockwork radio type things yeah i mean they they you, you get these units which are essentially a spring which you can use as power for for anything and they power like you know bikes and things with them and all kinds of things, um, and they they the springs are wound by enormous genetically engineered things derived from elephants. Oh wow, that that, that but, sounds wacky. So you know the ideas are sort of interesting, yeah. and as I say, I have stuck with it. Um, I'm not I'm not sure whether I like it yet, but it kind of the griminess of this world that you described. Sounded sounds familiar. Sort of comparable. Okay, that sounds cool. Mm. I can tell you a sci-fi book I read recently that I can highly recommend. Oh, yes. uh, it's called Ancillary Justice. Okay, that sounds like an Arnie movie. It's Arnie film. It, <laughs> <laughs> it's by an author called Anne Leckie. Okay. And for someone like me who uh, loved reading Ian M. Banks books. Mm. And sadly mourned his passing, yep. and I reread his entire backlog just because I wanted to read some more of his books. Um, Anne Leckie is the first author I found who who writes things that I think are as good as what Ian M. Banks wrote, and in a similar genre. Oh, that's that's high um, praise. Yeah, they Ancillary Justice, the only one I've read by her so far. Is is a truly excellent book, and it would appeal to you if you like Ian M. Banks. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. I'm currently listening to, um, on my commute, my twice weekly commute, uh, mm-hmm. I'm listening to "The Year of the Flood" by Margaret Atwood. How long is that commute? Uh, it's um, just over two hours. Oh, that's long. Yeah. You need some something meaty. Yeah. So the uh, the year of the flood. That I, so that I've only the only Margaret Atwood I've experienced is The Handmaid's Tale uh, TV series. Okay. Okay. So this is part of a trilogy. The first part is called mm-hmm. Oryx and Crake. Ah, yeah, I've heard of that. Um, yeah. This is the second part, and okay. the third part is called Mad Adam, and they're mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. Um, post-apocalyptic tales of just weirdness real real <laughs> weirdness but ju- just compelling listening do they have a, a sort of feminist theme oh, like handmade yeah Tale? definitely yeah the, okay. particularly this okay. second book which has the the two central characters are both women and they're mm-hmm. they're both 
uh, in different time frames growing up or at least experiencing worlds that are you know dominated by men who are not very nice mm-hmm. um, the first book is less than that so there's the central character of the first book is a guy called snowman um uh, and he is a, you know, a guy who is who has survived the apocalypse and is now amongst genetically engineered humans who are mm-hmm. a bit like children but quite sinister mm-hmm. uh, they're fantastic books they're really just compelling listening so she said of herself that she doesn't write science fiction because science fiction i can't remember the phrase she used but it was something like um, boys and their toys, or you know, it's about gadgets and cars, yeah. or something yeah. like that. She said that she writes speculative fiction. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good distinction between um, what what I think most people would think of science fiction as, indeed, boys and their toys and sort of uh, phallic-looking spaceships and things like that. <laughs> and Atwood is Atwood is about as far away from that as you can get. So I wonder whether there are any other authors or filmmakers making speculative fiction. Hmm. Good question. Maybe our listener could answer that. I mean, how how few toys are you allowed for it still to be speculative fiction? Yes, that's a good point. Because I, yeah. I, I tend to feel that I like science fiction, which is about ideas mm. um, and isn't just um, about spaceships. But um, most of the science fiction that I like does have like spaceships that can go really fast and stuff <laughs> like that in it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. So yes, Margaret Atwood. Yes, uh, I feel like I've got like a whole decade or two's worth of her work I need to catch up oh, on, yeah. having discovered that she's so amazing. Yeah. Fantastic stuff. Uh, is that but it's a bit depressing oh no it's it's um it's very bleak mm. yeah it's very bleak it features people putting you know putting people in bleak situations and things just getting worse <laughs> <laughs> handmaid's tale had a huge and profound effect on the the tv oh, series it's amazing i don't really want to read the book because it there's a second series coming um, up in April. Oh, really yes it will be shown oh, on Channel wow. 4, but the, no date has been set yet, but it is going to be shown. Right. Well, speaking of things that are on Channel 4 that you should watch out for, yes. um, the next series of um, the... the uh, uh, Who's the bloke who wrote to Android Stream of Electric Oh, Sheep? yes, the next series of... What is the name of that show? Electric what Dreams. Electric Dreams, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, the next series of Electric Dreams has started. I've been missing them, but they're on all four to watch. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, they're so repeating you can watch them. them. Yeah, I've only seen one of them, which is the one with Steve Buscemi. No, they're not repeating. It's, it's the next series. Is there a new series? It's the, the second series is underway. Oh, is it? Oh, well, wow. Okay, that's good. Yes. Okay. So yes. I've only seen one of the first series, which was um, one with Steve Buscemi and the mm-hmm. synthetic mm-hmm. humans, mm-hmm. which I thought was okay. Remind me what happened in that. Uh, Shall we spoil it now? Yeah. Okay. Just a bit. Uh, So he works in a facility where they make host bodies for 
uh, clones, basically, so that the bodies have no consciousness. And then you sort of have to add a consciousness to it. Um, and he is... I'm trying to remember whether this is one of the ones I liked or not, but it's, I liked some more than he, others. He has a boat. But generally, I liked them. And if you're not remembering this, then maybe you didn't like it very much. I thought it was okay. <laughs> maybe not. I thought it was okay. Yeah, I think the ones that I saw, which was the whole first series, ranged between okay and pretty good. Okay, yeah. So good enough for me to stick with it and, and try out the, the I didn't ones. think that it was as good as Black Mirror, which I think is right, well, wonderful. Black Mirror is dead to me because it's on Netflix. <laughs> True. Yeah, I have Netflix, but I still haven't watched all of it because I find Black Mirror to be just too intense. You've got to approach it <laughs> so, on the right day. Are the new Black Mirrors that are on Netflix better than the, the previous ones yeah, that were on Channel 4? I think they are, yeah. Right, because it always felt to me like a um, something with potential that wasn't quite living up to its potential. I agree. Yeah, they were still worth watching. So maybe it now is. Yeah. But they were like Tales of the Unexpected or something. Yes, which was a bit lame, Tales of the Unexpected. They weren't, yeah, they weren't like complete stories where you cared. They were just, oh, what about this idea? Yeah, yeah. So, yes, I think the Netflix ones, um, I think the production values are higher. Mm-hmm. And the the ideas seem more fully realised, which is cool. So, I don't like the fact that um, TV has gone into these silos that are, that are boxed away, so you can't access it. Why can't I pay for what I want to watch instead of subscribing to a service? Hmm. Why can't you? Yeah. I don't know. Why can't you? Because it's not it's not a proper market, right? You know, if if you must have a free market, I mean, everything should just be made by the BBC, right? But if you must have a free market, it should be a a market where I can buy the things I want to buy, not have to sign up to what someone's going to feed me. Mm. So you just want to get you just want to watch a bit of Black Mirror and then not watch any more. Yeah. Yeah. Why shouldn't I pay for... One episode. Well, yeah, or, or a series. I mean, I wouldn't mind paying mm. for a series. Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the Amazon Prime model. So, well, not the Prime, but the Amazon Video model is mm. if you don't... Ha- but they actually want you to sign up for Prime, right? So they're still, they they're do, still trying to do the- but you don't have to. So they also have stuff that you can just buy the series. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's the same with music, with that... What's that thing called? Spotify. Spotify, yeah, and then you just pay, and then although you don't have to pay for Spotify, you can you can get it for nothing, but you get ads in in amongst your music yeah. on some devices, right, or something like that. Uh, I th- yeah, so on mobile devices, you can't skip music, and you get ads yeah. on a on a a non mobile device. You can skip tracks, and you also get ads. So. Why do you have to sign up for a thing? Why because they want your because they want your money. That that's their business. Is why can't they you just need to have, buy the thing? They need to have this. They could take my money in a different that's way. That's how subscriptions work. They need your subscription money. Yeah, but that's my point. Why is it a subscription model? Because that's how it works. Hmm? Why? I, I don't know why. It just is. What's his position? <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> I know you don't like it, but that's what it is. <laughs> 
yeah. I don't. I mean, I don't like modern things. Netflix you know. is. Can't we just have old things? In my view, this is my view. Other views are available. Mm-hmm. Uh, Netflix is very much worth it. Well, they've been making good TV, right? Yeah. And, but I mean, and and movies as well. So they've been financing movies. They're certainly throwing a lot of money at it. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. and they are producing quality content. So there's stuff on there um, that's that's good quality, you know, it's, and it's impressive. And and it's not. I I think for what you get, the monthly fee isn't actually very much. Maybe I shouldn't complain. Maybe it's worse to fund things indirectly through advertising, and I should. Mm. Shut up, and uh, if I want good things, I should pay for them instead of paying for them indirectly by having my information mined. Oh, uh, yeah. Or having my mind warped. Your mind warped. So there are no adverts on Netflix? No. It's ad-free. Yeah. So maybe I'm okay. Maybe I should be okay with it. Yeah, it's know. ad-free. thing is, I'm never going to pay for anything. <laughs> <laughs> so. apart, from, apart from your license fee. Yeah. I don't mind being made to pay for that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't mind. But if I, I wasn't made to pay for it, I probably wouldn't I don't mind it. that either. Uh, yeah, but going back to what you were saying about the siloing of entertainment, mm-hmm. I think that I do agree with you there because there are... Uh, I know that Disney are putting together their own streaming platform so they're taking all of their movies off Netflix uh, oh, wow. and they're going to have their own exclusive streaming platform. So, you know, I know it's I, gonna go mad. I can see why they're doing it, but I don't agree with it. I think that it's just another thing for people to subscribe to. And they will, you know, because if you're at home with your children... And the children are saying, Mom, why can't we watch, um, I don't know, uh, The Lion King on Netflix? And Mum says, well, because uh, it's not on there anymore. Why well, don't I watch The Lion King? And eventually... Because of the licensing model, Because of the licensing model, darling, because it's a siloed system. I don't understand what you're saying. And, <laughs> you know, and then there's like screaming and yeah. wetting of pants. Just trust me, darling. So I can see it's why... It's modern capitalism. It's capitalism. Yeah, absolutely. Late stage capitalism. It absolutely darling. is that. Uh, so yes, uh, that that's what's going on there. The siloing mm. of product, of the licensing of mm-hmm. product. Maybe we should put the means of production into the hands of the workers, and then that might solve this. Mm, maybe. Mm. Yeah, uh, basically, everyone should put their artistic works up on the internet for free download, and then receive no reward for their work. But then there's no, there's nothing to compel you to to be an artist because how do you support yourself apart from apart from your inner compulsion? How do you support yourself if you're art? an artist? Well, that's where you need the um, minimum income guarantee. <laughs> right. Okay. We pay everyone. We pay everyone for being human. <laughs> we don't give the bots anything. Well, I mean, if they're sentient, we probably have to pay them too if they. No. If they need money. No, they don't. They don't need money. They don't need to eat or sleep. So, start the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Let's address this. Okay. In the Star Wars universe, droids are sentient slaves. Yeah. 
treated with no respect. Yep, that's true. Who clearly can feel pain and emotions. And it never it's never even begun to be addressed. No. And that's, in a way, that's sort of interesting sci-fi. Except that, why hasn't the audience noticed? Well, you have. Presumably other people have too. <laughs> it's shocking. I mean, it's deliberately portrayed as a joke, the way yeah, these, it is a joke, these sentient it? beings are treated. Yeah. In fact, they even treat each other badly. Like, 3PO kicks R2-D2 and insults him. In fact, they insult each other. Yeah. They are like Shakespearean comic They're characters. Like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Yeah, I not very not funny. Very and you wish they'd get <laughs> off the screen. Yeah, the comic relief of Hamlet is not actually all that funny. Yeah. I don't. Uh, I don't think I particularly know who uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are, except from the play. The, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Are dead. Yeah. I don't remember much about that no, either. I don't either. I don't like plays. No, you don't. Shall, shall we um, shall we wrap this up and do some plugging? Yeah. <laughs> I think we should have wrapped it up. Half an hour ago. Some time yeah. ago. Yeah. Okay. Um, plug. <laughs> do some plugging. Okay. Uh, 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 um, re- if you read... Uh, have a look at my blog. I talk about <laughs> um, programming type stuff quite a lot. How can people find um, your blog? They can go to artificialworlds.net slash blog. Excellent. Okay. That's artificialworlds.net. Or you can look at the about page for the Good Robot Andes and you'll find lots of links there. A boot. We did um, my work. uh, For my work, I did a... Well, I uh, I helped out at a uh, workshop at the Techno Day. How is that spelled? Can you spell that for me? (laughs) Yeah, but you're not going to like it. No, I know. (laughs) I can tell that already. T E C H. Yes. Open bracket. Yes. K. Uh, okay. Close bracket. N O W. Day. That's awful. Yeah, I mean it's the worst named event I've ever heard <laughs> of, let alone dreadful. a dreadful. However, <laughs> however, it's okay. a, it's actually a really great event. Uh, which is an opportunity for several hundred women who are able to get to London, who work in the tech industry, to get together and be in a not male-dominated space Good. for a while, yeah. and uh, and just uh, talk geeky stuff. Cool. Uh, so it's all uh, almost entirely technical topics, and we did a workshop about how to do uh, about how to use. Java Streams, which is a feature that was in a relatively recent version of mm-hmm. Java, um, which I think people enjoyed. It was a lot of fun. Cool. That's really cool. On a related note... Oh, and also buy a game called Rabbit Escape off oh, the yes, Android yes, Store. Oh, yes, yes. Do buy that, listener, if you haven't already. On a related note, before I do my plugging, there's a documentary mm-hmm. out at the moment all about Hedy Lamar. You know about Hedy Lamar? Um, yeah, I think I've heard about this. Remind okay. me. So she was a she Both? was a movie star, uh, but she mm-hmm. was also an inventor, and oh, she yeah. invented. Did she, she, did she invent Wi-Fi? Yeah, she invented um, frequency hopping technology that was okay. used uh, by the U.S. Navy uh, in submarines on their torpedoes, and mm-hmm. it was to stop uh, ships from hacking the torpedoes. 
so oh, the frequency right. hopping would basically encrypt the signal, kind of, kind, kind of that kind of thing. Ah. And that technology is now used in Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. Okay. Uh, so there's a documentary cool. about all about her. It's called Bombshell. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, I have heard. That is the thing I heard about. So, yeah. listener, cool. uh, if you're interested in um, technology and sort of uh, movie stars doing something on the side, that's the one <laughs> for you, I think. She's uh, amazing, Hedy Lamarr. And another documentary that came out recently, which is maybe slightly obscure, uh, is The Surrounding Game, which is about the game of Go, oh. which is a game, a board game that I yeah. love, with black and white stones, mm. but it's not Othello. Most amazing game, like... Deeper than chess. Any other game yeah. I've ever Deeper played. Deeper than chess. And so beautiful. Anyway, there, there's a documentary called The Surrounding Game that's come out. You, if you Google for that, you should find okay. it. Uh, apparently, it's really good. I haven't watched it yet. Cool. Uh, okay. This is like this is like the podcast equivalent of the links section of it's a very much that, 1990s yes. website. I'm going to uh, now do my plugging. <laughs> So I present a radio show on Glastonbury FM 107.1, which goes out in the Glastonbury Street and the Wells area of Somerset. Mm -hmm. Uh, It goes out on a Thursday between 6 and 7 p.m. It's a movie reviews, music, cinema listings, DVD uh, picks, pick out some DVD releases, movies that are on TV, lots of music that I curate myself, Um, talk about some films. Talk about some DVD releases, have some fun, uh, stuff and nonsense. I, I also plug this show, this podcast, on that show. So mm-hmm. um, there we go. Look forward to that then. If you're listening to the radio show, you yeah. might, yeah, indeed, you might hear a plug. I've actually, uh, actually, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you something <laughs> when we finish recording to do with that. <laughs> so what uh, what podcast have you been listening to? Uh, most recently, my, the, what was the most recent thing I listened to on podcast? Uh, I think the most recent thing I listened to was The Bugle, which is a satirical mm-hmm. news podcast, which is very mm-hmm. funny. Yeah, you've mentioned that before, and I've never listened it's to good. it. It's yeah. good. Uh, what else do I like listening to? I like listening to the Mark Maron WTF podcast. He mm-hmm. is an American comedian and stand-up and actor who um, gets really good guests on his podcasts. And then he has a disarming personality in which he's usually able to get them to talk about stuff that you can imagine nobody else would <laughs> would talk about, mainly by just wearing them down, which is, you know, which is what Ruby Wax used to do. Yeah. She used to just keep them awake all night and then eventually they'll just tell you anything. <laughs> I've been... Uh... Not listening to, but watching a fair bit of Rahulstapa. Rahulstapa. I, I heard, I have started listening to it. I heard the first episode with Tim Minchin. First ever yes, episode? Wow. Because I, I've never listened to it before, so I'm going from the very beginning. <laughs> which I thought was pretty That's good, a, but it does go off. Right, well, there's like it does go off eight series after that one. Or, or like ten series. I know, there's, there's so many. After that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, that. By the way, listen. That's Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre. But podcast. The, everybody else is calling it Rahulstapa. Rahulstapa, and that's quite rude, but quite. It funny. is rude. Yes. Um, I've also been listening to the Reasons to Be Cheerful podcast with Ed Miliband. Got that in my backlog as well. And 
What's his name? Uh, That's really sad that I'm not remembering his name. Jeff, Jeff Trav... No. No, I can't remember his surname. Is he called Jeff? He is. I'm not sure he's no, it is. I'm sure it is Jeff. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. yeah, and then they recommended... Um, well, they recommended a few this time, but one uh, one that sounded interesting was Hip Hop Saved My Life by um, Old What's-His-Name. Not Old What's-His-Name. Yeah. Oh, I'll um, never forget Old What's-His-Name. British comedian. I can't remember his name. Uh, and that sounded interesting. Hmm. I've heard of that before. Okay. But I haven't So these are other things you should listen to. Uh, we need to do a public service announcement before we go. Uh-huh. And that is that if you listen on iTunes... <laughs> Right, you yeah. need to rate and review us, please. Um, we don't get anything out of it financially, uh, but if you rate and review, give us a nice review, please, not a bad one. Uh, we don't want to hear any negative feedback because we've got fragile egos. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, rate and review. And what that means is, is that if we get enough of those, then our podcast gets recommended to other people. We got more listeners, and everybody's happy. <laughs> yeah, tell your friends about about how you've listened for over an hour now to this to some people to some people that well, I mean, they talked about a film at one point. Yeah, at some point about um, half an hour it, ago, they stopped talking about it. Yeah, um, I thought you were going to say as a public service announcement that the next podcast is probably going to be a tech podcast, so you should definitely just delete that without listening to it. <laughs> well, that, yeah, okay, so second public service announcement is that the next one probably is going to be a tech one, and it's probably going to be about the open source community. Yeah, one of my uh, one of my things I like to rave on about. Yeah, so, but I thought that rather than doing that one tonight with no warning, uh-huh. we should at least give you two weeks to prepare for it. Yeah, I mean, that sounds dangerous. You, I might not stop talking. <laughs> what, like this? <laughs> Why am I still talking? I don't I don't know. We started late this We did evening, start late, something, yeah, yeah, and it's late okay. now. Yeah. Should we stop? I think we should stop, yeah. <laughs> it's been real. Oh, the other thing I wanted to do was I wanted to mention... <laughs> He's off again. ...how pleased I was, yeah. <laughs> how pleased I was with the special music... Oh. I did for the bonus episode about it was Mother. really good. Yeah, it was. Um, uh, you sort of reversed it and put some extra reverb on. It was terrific. Yeah. So I thought maybe we'll put it in now. Yeah. We'll just. Uh, I'll give you. A, a, a Thanks. And then after we've had that little break where it came yeah. in, now we'll have the the ending title. Excellent. Okay. Good, good night. night. Thank you very much. <laughs>